Rowan, what's going on, bro? Hey, mate. Doing very, very well. Listen, Good morning. Very early here in New York City. You have to excuse my voice. I had a wild night last night, so I lost my voice. But I, I didn't want to pass up this opportunity <laughs> to podcast. So you have to, I have to apologize for my voice. No, not a problem at all. Thank you uh, for matching my time here. I'm currently in Sem Reap in Cambodia, where it's not five in the morning. It's uh, four. I want to say four. I know I haven't looked at a clock yet. Uh, we're sort of like uh, Chinese refugees in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, the COVID-19 hit China pretty bad, so we took the last flight to Cambodia and just enjoying what little sunshine we have here. Originally, where are you from? I hear that accent. Uh, from Brisbane, Australia. Now, are you more of a football soccer guy or a rugby fan? Rugby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there is a difference, you know, about that. That's cool. Uh, who's your team? The All Blacks, of course. The All Blacks from New Zealand? Nice. I see what you're trying to do there. You're not going to rile me up. <laughs> <laughs> Who, who's your favorite club, obviously? Um, well, when I was a kid, I grew up with the Broncos. So more of a, not a union thing, but more of a league thing. So mm-hmm. that's that's very Australian for anyone who can understand that. I'm glad you liked my All Blacks joke. I'm glad you appreciate it. <laughs> Hey, they're good. They're, they're good. I, I support them whenever they're versing, like, you know, the spring boxes or England. Mm-hmm. Definitely put them ahead. Yeah. Hey, where, <laughs> where were you this past week? Because we were trying to podcast, but you were doing something pretty cool, weren't you? Uh, it's well in Cambodia at the moment. Um, I was on the road. I, I went to a, the second largest city here called Batambang, which is totally shut down. So it's, it's weird to hear it's the second largest city when I, I rarely saw any people. But I uh, did the, the bamboo train out there, a makeshift train traveling 50 kilometers down this rickety track. So that was pretty cool and went to a bat cave and saw about 6.5 million bats <laughs> what else is there to do <laughs> hey and, and didn't you do some with some elephants too yeah well i was okay that got changed because of the whole virus thing so it was the last minute oh we're available uh, we're not available we, we were going to take you without the police knowing but they would know so don't come and don't get us in trouble <laughs> so so you were going to swim with some elephants but you decided to hang out with some bats that was the trade-off that's right because <laughs> i'm batman now obviously you're from the incredible five-star rated young pioneers tour company but before we talk about your uh, company i want to hear more about you so you grew up obviously in australia right yeah grew up in australia i spent a lot of time in brisbane worked in sydney for a bit and um got a bit tired of the the nine to five job unlike you you have a very cool job i had a very boring job back in sydney and um wanted to mix it up for a bit had some friends who studied um and worked abroad some in brazil some in uh, japan and i was like I want to go to the absolute other end of the world and, uh, yeah, move to Russia. So spent a couple of months in Russia, really liked it there. Uh, met some friends who led me to Vietnam. So I was in Vietnam for three years, uh, teaching some political families out there. And, uh, yeah, just talked a lot about North Korea at the time. And, uh, yes, this kind of like kicked up my fascination, which then moved me to China. So I've been in China and currently, uh, yeah, doing my stint in North Korea now. Now, Rowan, let me uh, get this straight because I travel a ton. In Australia, they promote and encourage traveling. Like, they give you extra time off for holidays and stuff. So was that always in your blood? Like, okay, I'm going to travel? Because, you know, in Australia, they want you to travel, correct? Yeah, it, the, the companies force you. You, you got to take four weeks off. And if you don't take your four weeks off, your work can deny you entry to, to your job. So um, <laughs> me being like a, me being 2021 at the time, I just wanted to work and make money. And I was like, I'll, I will spend, I'll, I'll go on a holiday when I, like, I want to. But yeah, I actually got into trouble before. I um, had to take six weeks off consecutively and my job wasn't happy about it. And they had, to re- they had to report it to my government who also weren't happy about it. So they had to enforce further restrictions to make sure employees get time off from work. <laughs> hey, and what were you doing it's out there? It's weird. Yeah, what, what were you doing out there? 
Oh man, I was <laughs> I was I was IT help desk. What the fuck? <laughs> and you had enough of the computer talk, so you went to Russia. And what'd you do in Russia? And how that? What made you pick? Uh, let, let me go to Russia, and here's what I'm gonna do. Uh, what made me pick Russia? Um, it was different. Uh, it was a complete opposite side of the world. And I went there to check it out and I stayed because I liked it. But I was doing a lot of odd jobs. Um, thankfully, it didn't work behind a bar, but I was like babysitting sort of billionaire Russian uh, husbands, wives, just taking them out on field trips around Moscow, just teaching them English. And they'll be like, you know, I'd like to buy this bag. And like, <laughs> that bag is worth more than my soul. Cool. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, legitimately, at one point, uh, pretending to be a local Russian, taking foreigners on a on, on, on tours around the Red Square. I just knew the history of it, but put on a fake Russian accent, and nobody knows the wiser. And uh, what's that mall there? The Goom is that the the mall there? That's like the most expensive mall. Oh yeah, <laughs> nice. Yeah. I I went there for the World Cup, and I went in that mall. I'm like, I can't afford one thing in this mall. Yeah, there there are there are Russians, and then there are rich Russians, and there is a there is a distinction between the two. Now, was there a moment traveling? Was it a country or a food, or you know, the girls or the partying that really got you hooked on the travel bug? Because you know, there's people that travel, or oh, I like to go to these few countries. Was there a moment that just like, oh my god, I need to see this whole world? Yeah, there was. It's just we're different. Like you, where we grow up, you always realize, like you know, oh, okay, we are like this, and this is. This is the norm and this is how the world is and the moment you go overseas and somebody thinks differently or says something differently and you're like no you're wrong but it's it's you're not wrong they're not wrong it's it's just a it's, it's different and this is what starts pulling you in it's like this is different this is good this is better <laughs> yes every everything is even though i love new york city more than anything anywhere i go because i was in cambodia for a while so whether it was cambodia or the middle east or africa it's like oh my god every place it's just so different, and it humbles you, and that's what I love about it. I come home, I'm like, okay, this isn't the greatest place. I love you know, this in New York better, but in Kenya, they have this better. So it's like it humbles you, and it, it broadens your like, your horizons. Mm, it sure does. It, it, it just makes you think differently, and it makes you it does make you a better person mm-hmm. because then you can understand more people, especially in a place like New York, which is just this multicultural hub. Like it's a fuck fest of everything there. It's beautiful. <laughs> hey, so now where were you living when you first heard about Young Pioneer Tours? Because I heard about the group obviously maybe around four or five years ago. Um, I'm trying to go to every country in the world. So I Googled like how to go to North Korea and Young Pioneers Tour came up and I, I looked into it and stuff. So how did you even get involved in it and what made you want to travel with it? And how did the whole process go, Rowan? Did you travel with them first or did you apply for a job? How did everything happen? So I, I first got interested in North Korea because I was teaching some political families in Vietnam and North Korea would just come up sometimes and it would be like, so you guys, you're second best friend in the entire world. So first being China from mm-hmm. Vietnam, apparently, not really, but officially, and second being North Korea. And I'm like, why? How? And they just said, old friends. And this is what got me hooked. So I was originally going to travel with uh, an Vietnamese delegation to North Korea. And uh, they were, they were <laughs> it was going to be a baller. But you had like about 19 Vietnamese guys and one Australian guy, part of the delegation. So when the visas were being applied for in Hanoi, um, you know, the Hanoi DPRK embassy just went, all these people are approved, but not this Australian guy. So <laughs> I was denied. But I still, when, once you make the decision to travel to North Korea, it sticks in you. You're like, God, I, I got I to gotta check this place out. So, um, yeah, I just went to Google and I typed in, you know, cheap tour company to take me to North Korea. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Young Pioneer Tours came up and I signed up with them and 
did my tour with them and I, I met uh, Troy at the time who was who was working for the company and running the company and we got along really well and uh, yeah, I started to get more involved in that way. Tell everyone about this fantastic uh, tour company. So our Young Pioneer Tours, uh, this tour company was started in 2008 and it was started by uh, Gareth at the time who was just an expat living in China. He's a teacher based in Xi'an and uh, he just met a North Korean guy just out of the blue who was working in tourism. They talked about North Korea and the North Korean guy's like, do you want to get interested in doing tourism to North Korea? And Gareth <laughs> at the time, he was he was interested. So he's just he just started taking his friends there, like some teaching friends from China. Let's pop across the border of China to North Korea, check it out. And word of mouth just spread. And so when I first went in 2012, um, the company was very small, like relatively small. Like when I first went, my group was eight people um, and it was for a big celebration in North Korea. It was for May Day. And so it quickly changed. So when I soon got involved, it, it took off. So as we were very famous for North Korea, but then we started adventuring into other countries, Iran, Iraq. Uh, we, we now do least visited. So the, the Pacific Islands at sea, less than 40 tourists per year. Like mm -hmm. it's insane. Um, uh, the African continent, Eastern Europe, former Soviet Union countries. And we do all the nerdy communist stuff as well. Now, when you said you got involved in it, so you went there obviously as... A patron, you, you bought your ticket, you joined with them, and then was it like, oh my God, I love this, can I get involved, this is something I want to do with my life? And how's that, a, how's that process if people do want to work for Young Pioneer Tours? It was, it was the ethos that kind of pulled me in, and everyone who joined the group, there were really cool, open-minded people from all over the world. I got along well with a guy from the Netherlands, there was an American guy in the group uh, who I'm still good friends with, and I talked to him. Uh, and it was just a good group of people, and, and being in North Korea, like you had these expectations, like, oh man, I can't wait for this freak show to start. And I went there and I was like, holy shit, I can relate so much of this to my life in Vietnam where everyone was family focused and values of friendship was really important. And I was like, wow, I was not expecting this. This is really nice. And, and right away it just clicked for you, right? What's that? Sorry. And right away it just clicked for you. Like this is something I need to do. Oh yeah, man. When I flew to Pyongyang for my first time. So the moment I stepped off that flight into the old Pyongyang terminal, I was like, yeah, boy. <laughs> It just, it hits you. It's like adrenaline and it's a cool thing. So me still leading tours into North Korea, seeing people's reactions when they first arrive. And I'm just like, Hey guys, welcome to Pyongyang. And it's just, it's just, it's cool. Like it's uh, it never gets tiring. And now before we chat about the cool places you go to more about North Korea, the adventures you go on these once in a lifetime trips, I've had a lot of travel guys on and obviously they're all affected because of what's going on with COVID right now. How's the tour company doing? Are you guys like, I don't want us ever stay in trouble, but how can you guys even recoup or are you guys doing anything where patrons can help you guys out? So, yeah, it really affects us. It, it affects the, the entire travel industry. Everyone who's involved in the travel industry too, like airlines, hotels. But with us, yeah, it, it's hit us straight away. Like from the moment North Korea closed their doors on the 22nd of January, which they were the first country to do so. So when they closed their borders, everyone's like, uh, you guys are overreacting and then Italy happens and they're like, oh, actually North Korea played a good card. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. but the moment that uh, they closed their doors, we lost 80% uh, of our business straight away, um, working with cancellations and moving people to tours later in the year, which later became tours for 2021. Oh. So we've, we've come up with a, like a, we, there's people who've been with us who travel to different countries. We've got fans, we've got people who enjoy the weird and wonderful places we go to. So we launched a membership program saying like, you know, you, you pay us this amount of money now and we'll give you that off in the in the in the future, as well as like really cool uh YPT merch like face masks, mm -hmm. Pyongyang Metro t shirts, like rare merchants, things you can't buy on the internet and just 
things that are kind of nerdy in that way and kind of cool. Yeah, it's definitely for travel nerds, but we need to do this to help support it. And how can people find your site? Where can they go to to help support you guys? We go to youngpioneertours.com and sign up for a membership program because it's it's not just helping us out now. You get the discounts later and we can also put you like we are still doing research trips. Now, the world is a big place and there's lots of weird places out there. One of the, the regions we've recently locate, uh, unlocked is a place called Berta Will and it's a it's a un, uh, unclaimed land that's between Egypt and Sudan. And basically you enter this part of the world where you're in no country. It's no man's land. There are people still there. There are, there are uh, pirates and tribes there. And uh, basically, yeah, you can be in a, in, a, in a place where you can say, you are nowhere in the world. This is totally unclaimed. And uh, so when we do these research trips, we give these people who sign up with a membership, we give them exclusive access and be like, hey, we're going to do this research trip. If you want to come along, let us know. We'll sign you up. And uh, it might be a rough, rough ride. It might be smooth, but this is all the adventure. Now, Ron, what do they consider themselves there? Like, where are they from if you ask the people there? Depends, because we met a mix. It's mostly Sudanese, but um, yeah, we, <laughs> it, is, it is a very interesting place. They are very friendly, um, but they, they do feel hostile when they see tourists coming there and they're like, oh, you know, the, the white men are here. They're going to mm-hmm. claim this land because this land's not claimed. So they, they do feel very hostile. But sit down, share a couple of cigars, and next thing you know, you're, you're talking about them hiring, giving you a better driver and a better vehicle and makes them want to access to their lands. Hey, you're, you're in Cambodia now. Asia's getting crushed with this. Are they taking it really serious out in Cambodia? Cambodia, it's not heavily affected. Like, they've only had a few... They, I think they've just had 100 people infected. Uh, there's been no deaths. People here took it very seriously because they saw what happened in China and they've seen what happened to their neighboring country, Vietnam, where Vietnam did a, a, an entire lockdown. So they haven't done that yet in Cambodia, but people are taking precautions. Temperatures have been uh, checked. Masks are being re- recommended to wear. Uh, and But there's, it's still relatively normal. There's just there's no tourists here, so a lot of the business and res- restaurants have closed down. But it's relatively normal place to be when the world isn't relatively normal right now. Most countries pretty much suspended all travel to, uh, to their own countries. Any idea, being, I guess, a travel expert, on when anything might open up? That is the million-dollar question. Um, the, I'm reading a lot of stuff from China and South Korea because they're, they're the two that seem to have uh, everything together at the moment. So China have just th- – China currently banned all foreigners from entering China, but they're now just recently on the 1st of May allowed South Korean businessmen mm-hmm. to come to travel to China. Now, this is a positive update. Like, this is good. Like, first it's that. The next thing you know, they're going to start opening up to more countries that aren't so heavily affected and so on. Um, but – like coming from the travel industry that my, my life depends on. Yeah, hopefully soon. <laughs> but realistically, I think 2020 is done for. I think uh, it's going to take months, if not years, for businesses, large businesses, small businesses to recover and to return back to normal. Because in, in everyone's state of mind as well, people aren't very comfortable to travel. Some people, but people like you and me, we're already making plans for 2021. <laughs> <laughs> no. That moment that door opens, we're out of here. And Those people are my kind of people. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is a perfect time for, I guess, unknown or not as popular countries to capitalize on this, uh, do what Iceland did and really push the tourism advertising like, hey, we're opening up and people starved for adventure will want to go there. What do you think about that? That's yeah, that's a mixed one. People, uh, I don't know, like people are really heavily affected by what's happening. Like a lot of people, I think over 200,000 deaths have happened. Like it, it, it can affect some people. So when they read this sort of information, 
maybe they feel it's inappropriate. I think the best time now would just be to practice safety. Um, just just be a wise traveler. I'm still traveling around within Cambodia. It's it's not locked down, but just be wise. Do the whole social distance, distancing thing because you never know who's freaking out behind you on the back of the bus the moment you take off your mask to drink a bottle of water. You know what I mean? It per- perfectly said. Now, let's chat about this company. I know people think you're the North Korean tour company. You mentioned 80% of your business, um, but you guys go everywhere. So just give me like two or three examples of a few trips besides North Korea that you guys go to that are like just really different. So we, one of our other big ones, we do Chernobyl uh, in Ukraine. So since the HBO miniseries came out, that's become quite popular, but thankfully they haven't changed anything there. And visiting Chernobyl is still the old school experience of visiting Chernobyl, which is very, very cool. Um, yeah. For, the, for those who have seen the, the, the miniseries, if you liked it, check it out. Cause it, it's just, it's another experience to go there. Have you, have you been there, mate? I have not. I've been to Ukraine, not to Chernobyl. Ukraine's great. I, I love that country. Really nice people. Um, cool history, cool uh, pol- modern politics right now, just how everything's playing off. But uh, people there are very welcoming. Uh, another country we, uh, we do is uh, that's quite big for us is Iran, Iraq. We visit uh, Kurdistan, Iraq, the northern region, mm-hmm. which is uh, very, very, the people there are very nice. The food there is incredible, um, very welcoming and quite affordable, actually, more affordable than what you'd think. And uh, with Iran, Iran's like this totally beautiful country again misconcepted with a lot of media reports that you read about it but when you actually go there speak to the people hear them out they're all not robots they all have their own opinions and it's really cool just to kind of hang in a place that you're like "Hmm." again wasn't expecting it now let me ask you this as a a fan of your company a question that a lot of people have when i brought up your company just say i see a tour for iran and just say it's for x amount of days for a thousand dollars i'm just using a a random number now just say if nobody nobody signs up and you guys aren't going to go if no one signs up. And then a group of – I'm like, hey, I have four people. We want to go for four days. Do you guys make accommodations for that, or is it pretty much set in stone what you guys usually do? We, we run the tours no matter how many people are, are signed up. Like, oh, we, really? We okay. Never, we never cancel a tour. So we, we, that's a, a question we get a lot. So people are like, if, I, if I'm the only one, will you still run it? Absolutely, yeah. Because I know what it's like to have plans canceled, and it sucks. So it's Wow, one of, that's awesome for you guys. Those. That's incredible. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. It's what gives you like that reliable sort of service. It makes people feel more comfortable, <clears throat> especially when you go to these countries that are well off the beaten uh, path and that are that are sketchy in some ways. And it's just that extra assurance. And but your question about if four friends want to go and spend four days, yeah, then we arrange a private tour where they don't have a YPT Western guide. They'll they'll have their own local guide, and everything's arranged, and it, it suits more to their schedule and timing and budget. Obviously, like I said a few times, you guys came on my radar with tours to North Korea. How popular are those tours in general? It, does it surprise you how many people want to go there? Yeah, it's um, it, it really it's kind of funny. Like when I do run a tour to North Korea, usually we'll have about like eighteen or so people in a group, which is great because um, it's a comfortable size. Everyone gets along really well. People are from different backgrounds and different nations. Um, but yeah, it depends. Like when I ask them what what created the interest for you guys to come here? You hear a mix of everything. You, you hear something like, you know, documentaries constantly being in the news. They read a book. Um, <laughs> I even had one guy uh, who came on a North Korean tour asking if Lotte world was in the itinerary. And I thought he was joking. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah it is. But Lotte world is a, a fun park down in South Korea. And then later I discovered he actually didn't know the difference between North and South Korea. He just thought it was normal to go on a, a tour to North Korea. Come on, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, serious. This is on like day two of the tour. So this is like the first day we've bowed to like, you know, 
Kim Il Sung, Kim Jong Il statues. We've checked out like you know the War Museum, and this guy's just like, is Latte World on the itinerary? <laughs> no, no, mate, it's not. <laughs> and now, uh, just give me an estimated figure. You guys have tours ranging from two or three days to two weeks. Give me a you know an average of a four day trip. Just say a normal guy wants to go there for four days. What are we looking at with uh, price and a quick itinerary of what you do there? Yeah, we the shortest tour we run is three days, and that's. 475 euros and that's two days in Pyongyang so you see all the, the main sites of Pyongyang city then we have our five-day tours that include uh the DMZ which is if you're going to North Korea it's always interesting to check out the DMZ especially if you have been to South Korea on the DMZ side there because it's totally different laws and rules it's really relaxed on the North Korean side and it's just this weird like you think they'd be strict about this but they're not and this just adds more to the experience and the five-day tour starts at 895 euros includes you know the whole package train in train out food accommodation guides transportation the works yeah now i know americans can't go there uh yet but do you see that changing anytime soon where they might become a little more lax by allowing americans to go there that was a big question like when trump was like really into kim jong-un building up friendships like they, they've met uh three times first in singapore then in hanoi and then at the dmz in pamunjom which was pretty badass <laughs> like you know, Trump just inviting Kim over a Twitter invite. It's like, sub dude, party at Pomodoro, you coming? <laughs> dude. So it's, um, that's cool, but we haven't really seen anything from it, but it was still very promising to see. But anything happening in the near time future, with, even with the virus happening now, definitely not. But this is for all the Americans who are listening to this, which I know you would have a lot of listeners from America. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the ban is renewed every year. So on the 1st of September on every year, uh, your Congress looks at it again, saying like, should we extend the ban? Because it, it just it's valid for one year. Um, so, but since 2000 and oh, I want to say eight, 17, yeah, 2017, it has been renewed every year. There hasn't been much talk about it. It's just like, yep, print up the papers again, sign that again. So, which sucks because when we did take Americans, they were a fair chunk of our business, and the Americans we met, I met, were really cool people. It's like super open-minded, came came with like a really good attitude learned so much about North Korea, but it's not just that. It's also the North Koreans learning more about Americans as mm-hmm. well because they have no idea. They've, they, they, they're taught stuff in classes. They read stuff in museums. And then when you actually have like a guy who's from like the butt fuck of nowhere in Tennessee, who's just like, <laughs> you know, really nice guy buying you a beer, telling you of his hardships with his wife back home. And the North Korean guy being like, I also have the same problems with my wife. Wow. <laughs> it's oh. like... Hey, uh, Ron, it, how- it's just this moment where you, you throw politics out the window because, man, governments are governments. Governments are pretty shit, mm-hmm. but people are people. And th- that's what sparks tourism. And this is like the first step to engaging a country, especially a country that's so isolated and cut off. Like this is the cultural exchange in a way, if you will. How many Americans on ever- average would visit there like when we were allowed to go there? They were they were about 20% of our business. So That's a um, lot. That's a that's big chunk, yeah. That's a big chunk here. When you're taking a thousand people a year, a thousand Westerners, and two hundred were Americans. Um, yeah, it was, and it worked really nice. I really the Americans got it, man. And you guys get the tipping culture. It's in your culture. <laughs> so when a, like a North Korean woman brings you a beer, and this American guy's like, you know, thanks, babe, gives her a dollar. Like she's just like, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> she's really into it, so it helps, you know. Rowan, any loopholes or any way American can visit if there's a way, like, forget about sneaking into the country. That would be silly. But are there any loopholes to possibly visit? If, you ha- if you're an American, but you have another nationality passport, like Irish-American, 
uh, Israeli American, any other nationality, you can come to North Korea with us, no problem. Really, and now that's the only loophole. Something with um, media can, like, uh, if you're a journalist, is that possible or no? American journalist or no? We've, we've, we've arranged special tours for journalists. So if you're a journalist, we can't take you on a, a standard tour group, but we can send you on a very special delegation group. And it sucks to be a journalist to visit North Korea because then you get the show. But yeah, when you're sure, a tourist, sure, sure. lots of tourists go to North Korea and North Koreans don't tend to spend too much time and attention with tourists. So you have more of a chance to really get to know the locals, do more of a legit sighting than the journalism side, yeah. Because you've been there so many times, how are you accepted or treated there? Like everyone knows who the Young Pioneer Tours is, right? And they all like, oh, hey, there they are. We accept them. Like it's uh, it's fun there with you guys. Oh, it, it, it kicks off the moment like I enter the country, like when I'm on the train at the immigration border of North Korea and I just see my boys again. They're just like, hey, what's up? And it's just like handshaking, high fives, a couple of cigarette pack- packets being handed out. And, you know, they're really nice guys. And that's when it kicks off. Like, And well, I'm also six foot seven. <laughs> I'm a tall lady. Oh, are you really? Guy, so... <laughs> Yeah, so I literally stand out when I go to North Korea. And there's times where we, we, we visit sites, we go places, and it, it's really good that it helps with them to recognize me and be like, ah, he's back. This guy's a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Let's look after his group. Let's give him that extra kind of service because yeah, it, it helps. Eh? How many times have you been there? Uh, I, I don't count exactly, but it, it's definitely more than 100. It, oh, it my might God, be 120 really, now. really? Wow. Yeah. Hey, f- forget the negative stuff about North Korea. And anyone can do that. What do you enjoy most about going there? You said when you land on the plane, you get that feeling. What do you love the most about going to North Korea? Uh, these days, see my friends, because unfortunately, you, you can't stay in contact with North Koreans. Easy. You can't add them on Facebook or send them a you know a WhatsApp message. It's legitimately the only time I can catch up with them is when I'm physically in the country. So when I'm back in North Korea, I can see my friends again talk about the, the, the shitty things in daily lives and just hear some updates from them and just hang out with them, have a beer and talk about life and business. You keep mentioning beer and stuff. Can you drink and party there? Now, listen, I know we're not going on a pub crawl there in Pyongyang, but what kind of partying can you do? Listen, people go when they travel, they want to have a few drinks. We, How does that work? We run a, the only St. Patrick's Day tour in North Korea. <laughs> and of, the course first one of course you do. Of course you do. The first one we ran in 2013, they were just like, and even every time we do a tour, we always get like, uh, we'll, we'll get new guides, fresh guides. They need to be energetic for the St. Patrick's Day tour, which does involve Pyongyang. It's only bar crawl. But they're just like, what is St. Patrick's Day? And it's like, it's an Irish vacation where it encourages you to drink. And the North <laughs> Koreans are just like, whoa, sounds great. <laughs> and um, but, uh, yeah, partying it, it's, it's all good. Like, because we handle so many different tourists, we, we keep an eye out for like, you know, there's nothing risky about getting too drunk. It's just knowing, reminding yourself like where you are, uh, what you can do, mm-hmm. um, what you can't do. And uh, yeah, people, majority of the people, they, they stick around with the group. They have fun. They enjoy with the, the Koreans they're with, the, the, the other fellow curious tourists they're with. And it's, an, it's, an, it's an easy to have a good time there, yeah. Whenever I travel, I love landing in country X and going make sure I get that specialty food. What's your favorite food out there? Well, that's a good one. Um Actually, right now, it's, it's because I've just been in China for eight years, but right now I am dying for some Chinese barbecue. And it's there is barbecue here in Cambodia, but it's not Chinese barbecue, like the big lamb skewers. And I would I would say I would go back to China just to dive nose first into a barbecue session. <laughs> hey, Neron, do you ever rest? Like, is there a downtime having your type of different job? Like, how do you get an assignment? You're back from just, say, Egypt. And do they tell you, hey, bro, you're off to so-and-so? How does it work with your assignments? 
when I when I first started, it was like that when I was a tour guide. Now being a manager, I, I choose where I want to be. And um, yeah, it's kind of fun. You, you create your own schedule being like, all right, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. I haven't been here for a few months. Uh, I haven't been here ever. So I'll take that off. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I throw my the people, uh, the, the interns and the guys who work for me, definitely treat them as well. Um, listen to them, listen to their interests and work in the travel industry. You can't be greedy, but you're definitely going to be open-minded. So sometimes you will check out a place where you're not so keen, but it ends up being okay. I, I know you guys had that one incident, which I, I don't get political, so I'm not going to speak about that. But have you guys have any, any other issues going to North Korea? Because obviously, I just got back from Pakistan, and everything you hear is like, you're crazy to go there. You're crazy. And it's like, listen, you don't, don't believe everything you hear on the media people oh man pakistan is beautiful oh uh, pakistan is awesome awesome and i loved it and the people i went there with a friend of mine have you guys have any any other issues in north korea where you're like okay this because you know the oh you it's dangerous any kind of uh, safety issues there the only thing the only safety issues you have to face is a lot of that a lot of other countries have like for example you, you can't insult the the leaders of the country Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds really weird, me being Australian and you being American. Mm-hmm. It's like we make fun of our politicians and leaders all the time. But there are still countries like this where you, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. Thailand, UAE, Saudi Arabia, you know what I mean? Like these, and these are fun places to go to. Every country has like a weird local law. You read about it, you know about it, you avoid it because you don't want to be that dick tourist. You want to be that guy that represents your country well, represents you well, and you get along with it. So, yeah, it, uh, with North Korea, it just it's about avoiding insulting the leaders um, and sticking with the group because it is illegal to leave the group and go for a wonder by yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're basically the, the two things, the two big things. And it's okay. People get it. You explain it to them. They still want to check it out. They'll be good little boys and girls. Hey, listen, it, it sounds silly, like you said, from where we're from, where you can go on Twitter and just destroy the president or the the other candidate or right wing, left wing. But in these other places, they don't accept it. And people have to just realize that when they go there. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Even right now in Cambodia, like you just don't talk shit about the royal family. Just avoid it. Mm-hmm. Don't, even, don't even ask questions about what people think about the current po- political issues. Like they can't. It's a sensitive uh, topic for them, and some people are just, it's considered really rude to be that direct about something that's controlling your country. When I told my buddy that you were coming on, he, uh, he's been on your site a million times. We always like, oh, we have to go here. We have to try this tour. And he actually asked me a, a question, and you kind of just uh, alluded to it. When you're doing the pub crawl or drinking in North Korea, do North Koreans come over and do you guys drink together? Can you mingle with each other and stuff like that? When you go to a bar in North Korea, there will be other North Koreans there. So when I have people who have done the tour with me and they're like, hey, man, this tour has been great. We've been checking out monuments, museums and, you know, going to these exhibitions. But when's a good time for us to like mingle with locals? And the answer is the bar. <laughs> there are North Koreans in there. And when, we, when you sit down as a group and you order a beer, they're curious. They want to know stuff like uh, we usually have, most of the time we have to get things translated. But there will be a time where you, you'll meet a student or someone who's job is related to speaking English or Chinese, a lot of Chinese speakers there, and you, you strike up a conversation. Um, and so it's cool. There's, there's no problems with it. Um, you have some pretty cool conversations, for sure. We're going to finish up with a few quick hit questions. You ready to roll? Yeah, man. Let's do it. Favorite travel movie? Nice. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is going to be so lame. The Island. Lame. <laughs> <laughs> I never even heard of it. What, what, what is that? Oh, no, no, sorry, not the island. The beach. Oh, I'm an idiot. No, excuse me. The beach. Yes, yeah, that's I, stupidly an Yeah. Right. I, I hate when people ask me, I'm like, oh, it's the beach. Because it, 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 it opened your eyes up of like, for me, 
a white dude, American dude, going to Thailand, trying these different foods, meeting these hot girls, and just, I'm like, that's mine. Okay, I'm glad we both have a, a corny answer for that. How I about- was 21, uh-huh. and I, the first time I watched that movie, it was dubbed in Russian, so I had to watch it with English subtitles because I couldn't get the fucking English-speaking <laughs> version. <laughs> Sorry. And it was really shit English subtitles. <laughs> Sorry. And it's still... It still inspired me to go to Vietnam, which I stayed for three years. So I know, lame answer. I'm not cool, but yeah. Next one. <laughs> Do you speak any other languages? Yeah, uh, Chinese and Korean. And, and how a bit you, of Vietnamese. How'd you learn it? I, and, and don't just tell me immersion. Oh, I live there. How'd you learn the language? Oh, I do. I've never been to a single class um, on the street. I, I've always put myself in a situation where people are looking at me, wanting me to answer. And you know, you say it, you don't say it correctly the first time, trial and error, you get better at it. Having local friends. Yeah, that, that that's how it that's how you learn it. And you speak Chinese fluently. I speak Chinese pretty well, yeah. I I rarely have issues with it these days, but I'm I'm comfortable. It's good. And how about this? I don't know if this one fits because there's not many good ones. Favorite travel book? Oh, okay. Now uh, before I even went to Russia, there was a there was a lonely the guy who writes Lonely Planet, he did one called like the the Badlands. Okay. And there was a section where he actually went to North Korea. And I, I read about that thinking it's really cool. And he wrote about his guide that he had in North Korea. And that guide, because um, he went so long ago, um, that guide ended up being one of our account managers for Young Pioneer Tours. So I remember reading this guy's name. And then when I started working for them, I met this guy. I'm like, that name is really familiar. Wow. So the book, and, he's like, and he's like, yeah, I took the Lonely Planet guide. And now he works for me. And I'm like, holy shit. That's, so, that's wild. Yeah, isn't it? And the guy and the Lily Planet dude like slams him in the book. But the actual guy is really cool. He's so laid back and easy going. Like I've never really had any. <laughs> he helped like expand North Korea. Like he gets it. There's different type of people, people who country count, who only want to go to crazy countries. How many countries have you been to? Oh man, I am. I, I love having this question in a group tour when everyone's like 120, 140, mm-hmm. 80. And then they're like, bro, you must have been like to fucking so many countries you've been to the planet. How many countries you've been to? And I go, about 40. Oh, right. <laughs> any, any desire to dream uh, to visit all, I guess, 193 or 198, whatever people decide? Any any dream to visit all of them? Yeah, when I'm old and rich and in a hovercraft wheelchair so I don't have any problems with ramps. Yeah, and just go around flying to each country, right? Yeah, just yeah. be like, you know, <laughs> I can be that old cranky white dude just being like, yeah, give me my fucking coffee. <laughs> you know? Hey, once again, before we finish up, give the plug for the company, how tourists and everybody can help you, and also plug your social media stuff. Yeah, cool. So uh, I know Instagram is a massive thing. I don't quite get it, but we're a young pioneer on Instagram. Hit us up with any questions there. We share all our photos and videos of all the tours we do. Cool stuff. That would usually be the thing that gets you guys hooked. Um, check out our website, youngpioneertours.com. We visit over 100 countries, but not like I'm not talking France and stuff. I'm talking countries that you don't even know exist or countries that want to exist and they can't because the UN don't allow them. So we go to all those fancy, funny countries. Um, and the way you want to help us out during the COVID, sign up as a membership um, because it, you will gain the discounts later when traveling does uh, arrive. And you can check it out all on our website. Youngpioneers.com. Rowan, this was a blast. I hope uh, this ends soon. We can do this live and we'll link up, have a couple of beers together, my friend. That would be very cool, man. And I, I've got very good friends of mine in New York that I've actually met by taking them to, new, new, uh, to North Korea. <laughs> so... That would definitely be on the cards, man. And I'll, I'll certainly hit you up. My brother, we'll talk soon. Stay safe, okay? You too, mate. Cool. Thanks, All thanks, the best. Thanks for the news, man. Bye-bye.